I got a question for you. Do you ever feel guilty when you eat a certain type of food? I don't know, like let's say ice cream, cake, or my personal favorite, cookies? Do you think of as a certain category of food as like good or bad? Here's another question. When was the last time you ate a cookie or a piece of cake without feeling guilty? Hmm. Today, we're going to talk about food labeling. That's what we're doing when we say, I was bad last night, or when we say, sugar is the devil, or even when you say, like, I've been good all week. We're going to talk about how we are actually programmed to think that way based on our society, but how that kind of thinking is actually holding you back. And of course, we're going to talk about how to think about it instead. So are you ready to redefine what you think of as good or bad when it comes to food? Nice. Let's get to it. Do you ever feel like you know all the diet rules about eat this, but not that, and so you know what to do, but you just have a hard time actually doing it? I'm here to tell you, you are not the problem. Hi, I'm Lizzie. Welcome to the Confident Body Podcast, where we talk about all the mental and emotional parts of weight loss that diets don't tell you. It's time to step past the shame and the guilt from old diets and stop feeling like you're waiting to lose weight in order to fully participate in life. If you're ready to drop the diet mindset and learn what it takes to truly feel happy and confident in your own skin, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, thank you for being here today. Welcome in. I appreciate you listening. Today, we are talking about feeling guilty about food. Oh, so... I was talking to a client the other day, and we were talking about sweets, which of course is a common type of food that many of us feel guilty over. And she's trying to reduce her sugar intake and having a hard time with it. She was saying she's addicted to sugar. So we were talking, and as you know, I like to kind of get underneath things a little bit. And I wanted to know what were her thoughts around sweets? Like, let's let's actually really get clear. What, what are the things you're thinking about sweets? What do you make that mean? And I said, what's the problem with eating sugar? And she thought about it and she said, you know, I still think anything that is sweet is a bad food and I feel guilty for eating it. Sometimes when I eat what I think of as a bad food, I actually think I look fatter when I look in the mirror. And she said, you know, I would just love to be able to eat a piece of cake or a cookie once in a while and not feel guilty. Huh. Have you ever felt that way? I know for myself, my... um we'll just go with weakness food, has always been cookies. Like I can say no to Twinkies, even cake. You know, I don't necessarily love icing that much, but when it comes to cookies, look out. I can have eight without taking a breath. And one leads to another, which leads to 10. And then of course, maybe a half an hour, maybe the next morning, but certainly sometime after my cookie binge, I feel guilty. I feel shame. Like, why did I do that to myself again? Ugh. And of course, in addition to that, I feel gross and bloated the next day. And, you know, that, that feeling of shame comes along. So let's get into this. What, what's really going on? So it's normal for us to label food. It's part of our culture and our society. So think about it. First of all, our commercials label food, particularly indulgent food, as and indulgence, like treat yourself, you deserve it. And so like, what is it that I deserve? Well, I deserve a treat. So it's almost like this secret pleasure. Like, I really shouldn't if I were quote, good, I wouldn't have this food, but I'm indulging myself. And another thing is, we can almost if you think about how we um, use it in conversation, you can almost think of 
the, the I was good or I was bad is almost like a type of currency. I remember when my husband was in the military, we had a lot of social functions to go to because there was the kind of squadron get togethers and things like that. And, you know, naturally the guys would hang out with the guys and the gals would hang out with the gals. And I would remember a spouse saying something to the effect of, well, I've been good all week, so I can enjoy these treats. Or it's been a really rough week and uh, I'm going to be bad tonight. And we label ourselves these ways and, and it can be like an excuse for um, any kind of behavior. And so it's really normal that we do this. It's, it's, we're almost set up for it. But it's not helping us. So here are three examples of how labeling food and which therefore then labeling ourselves is not helping us. Number one is it kind of becomes like a forbidden fruit. So imagine, you know, you start the day thinking, I'll be good today. I'm definitely not having sugar today. And then later, when the craving sneaks in, you second guess yourself and afternoon self begins negotiating with morning self. And by 4.43 p.m., morning self is exhausted. She is worn out from the demands of the day. And afternoon self has a very different agenda. Whether it's sugar cookies or Chardonnay, it's like you want it against your own will. Ironically, that battling against the desire actually increases the desire. So this forbidden fruit idea actually hurts you. When you tell yourself you can't have chips or ice cream or whatever it is, that creates a dichotomy in yourself between the rebel who wants it and the tyrant who's like, no, we will not have this food. And no matter who is winning, the rebel or the tyrant, some part of you is losing. There's a great book out there titled The Willpower Instinct by Kelly McGonigal. And she explains how telling ourselves we can't have something actually makes us think about it more. So by giving yourself a forbidden fruit makes you think about it more often. There's literally been an experiment by um, a Harvard super smart person, um, David Wegner, who studied participants and they were asked not to think about a white bear. You can think about anything else. Anything else is fair game. Just don't think about a white bear. And of course, probably just you sitting there listening right now, you're thinking like white bears, weird. As you may have guessed, the students failed miserably at trying not to think about white bears. And the um, Wegner, the uh, Harvard guy, he coined this phrase called ironic rebound. Basically, it's when we try not to think of something, we end up thinking about it even more. And here's why. Here's why this is happening in the brain. So when you try not to think about something like ice cream, I'm not going to have ice cream today. You send the signal to the subconscious mind to be on the lookout you know, we're scanning for any thoughts of ice cream because we're not having any thoughts about ice cream. So you got to be on the lookout for them so you can squash them, right? But what this does is it keeps the thought of ice cream front and center because the subconscious mind is always on the alert for it. So when you have a forbidden fruit, those thoughts that you're trying to suppress, the ice cream, the chips, the wine, whatever, it's like a double blow to your self-control because number one, it constantly brings up the thought of the forbidden thing to mind. And that means that you're not making one decision not to have ice cream. Instead, you're forcing yourself to decide over and over and over again whether or not to have the ice cream. Which, of course, number two, leads to decision fatigue. Making decisions about anything, much less avoiding ice cream, <laughs> drains your willpower. So by telling yourself not to think about the ice cream, you're draining your willpower. Meaning, before long, 
You know, afternoon self comes along is like, I am tired. And you've got nothing left in your willpower tank to make a proactive choice. And so you inevitably end up plunging into the freezer for that tub of ice cream. In addition, we often don't understand the difference between battling against the desire and learning the tools to address it. So the struggle almost creates an anxiety and that anxiety creates more reason to want the the sugar, the drink, the whatever that relieves that feeling of anxiety. So creating forbidden fruit actually hurts you in the long run. Number two, the, the second reason why having these food labeling thoughts of it's good or it's bad or I'm good or I'm bad is because it's a slippery slope towards labeling ourselves. So uh, Brene Brown talks about this in, in regards to shame. She says guilt is based on an action. I did something bad. Shame is an identification. I am bad. So when we label a food as bad and then we eat it, it's a very slippery slope. It becomes super easy to go from I ate something bad to I am bad. And that shift from the guilt towards the shame from the I the action I ate versus the identification I am bad, that makes us want to hide. Shame thrives in secret. And when we're feeling shame, we want to just hide. And we think we need to force ourselves to do better and be better tomorrow. But as we know, when you know the brain seeks pleasure and avoids pain, and when we're feeling that pain of the shame, I am bad because I ate ice cream, then the brain is looking for a way to feel better and foods high in sugar, salt, and fat help the brain feel better fast. So it becomes this downward spiral. And finally, the third way that labeling food as good or bad really isn't serving us is think about like traditions, holidays, cultural foods. These, these are opportunities to share community and, and love and stories and be in communion with family and loved ones. And do we really want to associate feelings of guilt and naughtiness and shame around these beautiful family and friend type of traditions. As human beings, we are wired for connection, for community. It is in our DNA, part of our makeup as social creatures. And one of the very beautiful and important ways that we bring each other together is through food. Food is an incredible way to share connection, to share community. And when we associate food as being good or bad, we're therefore associating those negative feelings along with that very important vital connection that we need and thrive on as human beings. So that's the third reason why it's not such a great idea to label foods as good or bad. If you think about it, there's a lot of baggage associated with the words, just good or bad. You know, when you label a food or yourself, when you eat that food as good or bad, you're associating a sense of morality around that food. And as we've talked about, along with that comes guilt and shame. You know, if we take it as most basic level, food, no matter what kind, is just a collection of energy and it impacts your body in different ways. Whether you're looking at a donut or an apple, the body looks at both of these as forms of energy. And I mean, if we take it one step further, one is more nourishing to the body based on the collection of nutrients than the other. 
but they're both still energy. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just nourishing. That's a kind of a tough word to say, or less nourishing. But then our brains get in the mix when we make that level of nourishment mean something about the food and thus, therefore, about us when we eat it. When we attach a sense of morality to the food that's over and above whether or not it's nourishing to the body, that you know, takes us into the shame cycle of doom. So my question for you is, what would it be like to just let go of that? What would it be like instead of saying I was good or I was bad and look at it from the point of view of I had food? And maybe you could say it was more nourishing or less nourishing. But what if it was even just instead of, you know, I ate good or I ate bad, it's just I ate food. How does that feel? When we lift that layer of shame and guilt that reduces the pain, and therefore it lifts the clouds of shame that we're feeling, and can open you up to curiosity and growth. That's where the gold is. When you can look at a, you know, a, a, a choice of food with openness and curiosity and not shame that allows you to learn from it. When you're curious, you can be more present. And first of all, you can enjoy your food more. And often you might end up eating less because you notice the taste and it begins to, that taste begins to diminish as you eat because your uh, taste buds are kind of becoming sensitized to whatever it is you're eating, particularly if it's like a sugar or something like that. And then you may not feel the need to eat it as quickly. You won't feel the need to eat it in secret because you're not shaming yourself over it. Put your decision-making part of your brain in charge. Decide what you want, how much of it you want, and then enjoy it and be present with it. And then get back to your normal routine. And by the way, if you have a moment of being less present with yourself, when you find yourself at the bottom of a carton of ice cream, it's going to happen. Expect it. It's okay. When that happens, and I say when, because we all make mistakes, plan on it. Look for what you can learn. No shame no guilt. Ice cream is not a bad food. It's just food. You just made a choice. If you wanted to make a different choice, you need to look at it with curiosity instead of shame so that you can identify like, what would I choose to do differently next time? What were the triggers that happened that had me reaching for the bowl of ice cream instead of just, you know, brushing my teeth and going to bed? Maybe you had difficult news earlier in the day. Maybe you had a stressful weekend. Maybe it's just part of your habit pattern. All of it is just information. And the more you can treat it with curiosity instead of shame, the more you can learn from it and use it as an opportunity to learn. Food is not just fuel. For those people who can think of food as fuel, good on them. But I choose to look at at food as a beautiful source of community, love, safety, shared experiences. Food can be so many incredible things. That's why no food is bad. Part of living a full life is enjoying the foods you love. However, the idea is to eat them when you're actually hungry and when you truly can enjoy them versus eating them in secret or as comfort and never actually really tasting them. Honestly, most of us overeat because we're trying to solve our feelings with food. Give yourself the respect to know that your feelings are important and worthy of paying attention to and you are strong enough to actually feel them. You do not have to hide away from them with food. It takes practice for sure. And there are definitely going to be uh, setbacks, two steps forward, one step back. I'll need to do another episode about how to feel your feelings. Um, that is certainly a, a practice rather than a, a, a thing, a, a check in the box that we can figure out once and for all. Remember, 
you are just human. Allow yourself the gift and the grace to be imperfect. You are not broken. You are completely worthy exactly as you are. And it does not matter whether you eat ice cream or salad. Food is just food. So if there's one tiny tip, one confident body action step to put into practice this week, here's what I want you to do. Number one, think of a food that you tend to think of as bad. So ice cream, cookies, whatever it is. Next, I want you to imagine eating it and having that normal dialogue in your head. Almost like um, imagine, you know, you were like writing it on the whiteboard of your seventh grade class of like, I was bad. And then I want you to take the magic eraser in your mind and go erase that thought, erase I was bad and replace it with I ate food. And then I want you to just note how it feels. What's the difference in the feeling from I was bad to I ate food? What, how, is, how does that create a different feeling in your body? See which thought helps you feel more open to be able to learn and have curiosity about your actions and your choices and if you'd ever want to do anything differently. So there is a, a whole section in my book, uh, my book, You Are a Miracle, that talks about self-sabotage. And food labeling is actually one of the seven most common self-sabotaging thoughts. So if you've ever found yourself participating in food labeling or self-sabotage, please check out my book. It's called You Are a Miracle. It's on Amazon. And if there's anything in this episode that has helped you, I'd love for you to write a review on iTunes. Your review could help somebody else decide whether or not they want to take a listen. And maybe it helps them feel a little bit less alone. So your review, your 30 seconds it takes to review this podcast could really genuinely help somebody else. And as we wrap up today, remember, love yourself because you get to choose your thoughts. Let's choose the ones that help you move towards your goal. All right, I'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening today. Real quick, before you go, I wanted to share with you that I've opened up a few new spots for private coaching with me. If you're getting everything you need to address all the mind chatter around your body from the podcast, then that is amazing. I am so glad. And if you're feeling like maybe you're ready to take what you're learning to the next level, then let's work together. There is no one size fits all program that works for everyone. So that's why we address the specific challenges that you face. And together we customize the goals and accountability that work for you so that you can start feeling confident in your skin. And most importantly, stop waiting until after you lose weight to participate in life. If you'd like to explore what that might look like for you, please go to my website and schedule a free call at www.confidentbody.coach. Or if you're an introvert like me and you just like us to get to know each other a bit, that's great too. Send me an email at lizzie at confidentbody.coach. You were created for a reason. God does not make mistakes. You have something special and unique that only you can bring to the world. The world needs you to shine exactly as you are. So don't wait. We are counting on you. You are a miracle. Go shine your light today.